joy, peace, tranquility, vibrancy, and wellness. Isn't this what you want instead of constant stress? That's what host Rochelle Lawson is going to help you with on Blissful Living. There are many ways to reduce stress, some you may not even know about. Doesn't a little peace and tranquility sound like just what you've been looking for? Relax for a few minutes with Rochelle. She's the queen of feeling fabulous. Hello and welcome to an hour of Blissful Living. I am Rochelle Lawson, the queen of feeling fabulous, your host. And today we are going to explore with two very wonderful guests that we have on today. Um, this whole premise about stress. Now, you guys know the show is about stress and how to reduce or eliminate stress from lives completely. But... Um, this is going to be a little different. My guests come all the way from the beautiful country of Ireland. And so let me just tell you about the guests. Um, the guests, they are two wonderful people. The first guest's name is Alona. And um, the second guest's name is James. And so time um, during the interview, you will hear about or you will hear me talk uh, to James and Alona, that's because there's two guests. So this is a very special show. So let's just get started. And I, I just want to welcome James and Alona to the show. Hi, James. Hi, Alona. How are you today? Hi, Rochelle. We're doing very well. Thank you very much. Thank you, Rochelle. Good morning to you. Good morning. I love, I already can hear James's very Irish accent. So that adds a little bit of flavor to the show. I've never had, um, I want to say, someone from another country be a guest on the show. Or wait, let me rephrase that. I may have had someone from another country be a guest on the show, but from for them to actually be in another country, that's a first. So I like to give you, James and Alona, the um, the crown for king and queen of being my first guests that are actually out of the country. So yay! Hey. <laughs> We're setting a milestone here. And then that's what I like to do. So, um, you know, I, I could go on, you guys, and tell, and I'm talking to the listeners, I can go on and say a lot about James and Alona and the fabulous work that they do. But I think it's best for me to just dwell into the subject. And as we speak, they will, they will, it will evolve as to what they do, their expertise, how they can help you. So, um, before we even get started, let me remind you guys to, if you're driving, pull over, pull out a, a piece of paper and a pen so you can take notes. Um, if you're at your office or if you're at home, get in your favorite chair with your favorite beverage and pull out a piece of paper and a pen or a pencil and just sit back for the next hour and just really relax and absorb this wonderful information that James and Alona is going to share with us. So we all know that the holiday season and New Year and any new transitional period can create a lot of stress for us because there's a lot of um, there's a lot of fear about the unknown. So um, I don't know who wants to answer this particular question, but just for the listeners to give them a broad perspective about this whole topic of stress. Why don't one of you guys take this and let me ask you, can you define for the listeners and what what is stress? Yeah, I'll, I'll take this one if you don't mind. Okay. Um, well, at a, a basic level, is it just a natural body reaction to um, to life? It's just a re- reaction to boost our bodies, our body to optimum alertness. Mm-hmm. It's just like a kick to get you going. But unfortunately, in our modern day life, we don't need a kick to get going really. We're just, you know, we're just sitting down or something. And we get stressed, and we have nowhere burning off the adrenaline or whatever is, um, and the cortisol that's um, produced. Mm. So there's nowhere whatsoever burning it off. We're just sitting down, so we just get frustrated, and we get more and more stressed out. And and the more stressed you get, the more stressed you get because it adds on to itself. Unless you stop it, you're right. just an efficient circle, just keeps going round and round and round. Unless you you back off from it. And realize that you're actually being stressed for nothing, which actually in most cases it is for nothing. 
worst that you can win that draw. Right. And we just, we just keep getting stressed because we're used to it. That's our natural reaction. So it's kind of, so, it's, so yeah. James, you're kind of saying it's like being on that wheel of that exercise wheel or that treadmill that yeah. the more, the stress that you experience causes more stress when you realize it, which causes more stress. And it's just like this never ending, never ending cycle in both the, the mind and the body. Right? Yes. Yes. Unless you step off, if we take out one of the ingredients as in step off the round the boat, yeah. generally you'll be okay if you can step off, if you have the presence of mind to step off, if you don't get sucked into it. Yeah. I, I think, um, for the listeners, you guys, you know, what we're trying to help you to understand is that we in our society today are all stressed and we think that's just the normal way of being. That's just, we think that's just normal for us. But um, what James is saying is it's really, and I, I agree 100%, it's not normal for us. It's not normal for us to have this continual pattern of stress because it does create these excess uh, release of the corticosteroids and the stress hormones that actually precipitate more physiological processes occurring in our bodies that are not good for us to be in this state all the time. So when you become mindful of it and you are aware that you are stressed, what James is saying is that's the that's the spark that ignites you to be able to make a change. Correct, James? Exactly. You, you should be conscious at all times of what you're doing in life. Unfortunately, we're not totally conscious of what we're doing. We do things, you know, just by formula, really. If if something happens, we'll react in a certain way every time. Right. It is time. But it, <clears throat> that doesn't mean to say that if we've done it for 50 years, that is right. That doesn't make it right at all. There's always a better way. You might, you might get here wrong for 50 years. And why not do it a different way? Right. Instead of a different way, actually, it might be better. But unfortunately, as humans, we like to do things the same way all the time. We don't like, we'll set the like, healthy timetable. Do we like to have a formula? We don't like, um, vari- variables. Right. And variables actually cause a lot of stress. <clears throat> I think the ideal of change, you know, um, change causes, evokes a lot of fear in people because it's the fear of un- the unknown. And sometimes people can't grasp that change is actually good and it might be that you need to make the change to feel better but you know they get so comfortable with just being in a particular state and that state becomes natural for them or what let me rephrase it the state becomes normal for them that um they think it's just just natural for them and so to to visualize something other than what they've been doing for a long time brings up a lot of fear in people and and then in turn that causes more stress Exactly. And it keeps going forever. It just keeps building up more and more and more. Yeah. It's like this, this never ending. Yeah. And then you're into addiction at that stage. Like, you're actually just comfort zone. Right. People think it, but stress is actually comfort zone because it's a way of dealing with something. It's just a way of dealing with it. And that's your way of dealing with it. If you deal with stress by getting depressed about it and whatever, like, that's your comfort zone. Right. And over time, you'll identify yourself with it. Right. Uh, yeah. Normal. So you, Whatever normal is. I don't agree with things being normal, but that's the only word we have. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes normal is not right. You know, it's exactly. the way it is because it's what we're used yeah. to, but it doesn't make it right. Um, no. And I like that. I like how you're calling attention to people with regards to, you know, what we think is normal or what we're used to that may not be right, but because we've been doing it for so long, we think it's right. I I like how you're calling people's attention to that. And I want you listeners to really pick up on it because this, like I said, is a very um, unique show in the fact that it's my first show where I have my guests that are actually in another country. And here in America, we have our way of operating. What we, we'll, of course, we think we're the best, and what we do is the best. But James and Alona are in Ireland, and they also see people that are experiencing the same type of stress and, and stressors that we are experiencing here in America. And people are handling the exact same way, even though they're in a different country. So basically, what we're trying to tell you is, you're not alone. 
This is not a normal pattern. This is not something normal. It's okay to be fearful, but we're here to help you to break through that fear. Now tell us, James or Alona, who is the most acceptable? First of all, let me back up. You know, stress can be very addictive or being in that stress mindset can be very addictive. People don't know it. They like the rush. They like the, the feel of the endorphins. I know, um, you know, the fight or flight syndrome is very addictive to a lot of people and they don't even know what they're being, what they're addicted to. So can you tell me who is most susceptible to becoming addicted to stress? What type of people are more, more susceptible to this? Well, you see, um, people that are addicted to it, there's different categories for staff. Sports people are addicted to it, but that's, that's okay, like, there's no problem with them being addicted to it. You have trill seekers that are addicted to it, that's okay, like, they're not going to do any damage to themselves very well, they could burn out. But honestly, that's not the area we are dealing with. We are dealing with it when it becomes a problem. Like, people that, people that get addicted to it, like, are people, actually, people in poor diets is one of the sort of people that, um, you know, that become addicted to it quite easily or people that are, are depressed. Right. Or, or have what we call baggage attached to them from, could be from anywhere. It could be from past life. It could be from the current life. It could be a, pres- a perceived damage, which is one of the biggest issues. Someone might perceive something as being a problem, but in reality, it may not be a problem at all. They just think it's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know? And obviously there's people in different um, types of jobs that would be, be stressed as well because they'd be in the wrong job. They'd be sort of bored, you know, they just wouldn't, um, they wouldn't be happy there, like, you know, and their whole life becomes sort of a fog and a drudgery and they just keep going from, from day to day and, you know, they just don't know, or they don't care really. They get into a stage of, I'd nearly refer to a zombie land, right. you know, that they go from day to day, like, and they become more and more. You know, they, they just um, become more and more uh, addicted to it, you know. Right. And then uh, my being a teacher, I see many of the uh, mothers who are competitive with each other to try to keep up the appearances of everything is perfect, especially now after the uh, during the holidays. Um, it's just tremendous how um, the moms out there are trying to keep everything going, get the gifts, get the house perfect. Uh, get their children in the right uh, program. Uh, so they really have, you know, that's part of our Western culture in general, but we see it more on the American side than we might in, in a European uh, country. Right. Here, people know how to chill a little bit more. Uh, they take the time to step away and, and go have a tea or a coffee and, and speak with their uh, neighbors. Uh, we're constantly running in America, trying to get from one point to the next to the next. And I see especially uh, the women of our culture who are really um, having a more difficult time of it. Right. You know, I, I, I can totally relate to what you're saying, Alona, with regards to you being a teacher. I remember when my kids were little and I would go help out in the classroom, you know, I think it was one hour a week or something like that. I, I, I'm pretty sure it was one hour a week. I, I think I was more there, there more, a little more. But, but what I would see is these parents, you know, they want their kids to be perfect. They come, you know, and I live in a bedroom community. So, you, you know, you have a lot of stay at home moms. Yeah. Um, and so they want to, they want to project this image that they're perfect. Yeah. They want their kids to be perfect. They want to have them in the perfect school, in the perfect classroom, with the perfect teacher, doing the, you know, the perfect curriculum. You know, they, 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 you know, want to come to the classroom. They're dressed. They want to be dressed perfect. And sometimes it wasn't appropriate. You know, you're not going to come to work in a classroom wearing five inch heels. You know, things of that nature. Right. It's just this image that they're projecting. And then, you know, as the kids progress through school, what you find out is as the kids get older, I want to say in late middle school or, or high school, these same parents, you know, they start to, I want to say, have a breakdown in the this perfectness, so to speak, because now yeah. they no longer have the complete control of their children. So the children that they were trying to make perfect are not, they're exhibiting, you know, they're just spreading their wings, so to speak. And, and this can be very stressful for the mom that has built her whole life around having this perfect fantasy fairy tale type of thing it's very stressful to keep up 
And so I see it and then I see it being changed when the kids get older and the kids become more autonomous and the moms don't have that control. And you really do see a lot of breakdowns. You see uh, challenges within the marriages. You see challenges with the parents and the kids, you know, because what happens is, I guess, this this world of perfectness is no longer a reality. No, they no longer have control. And and the stress of that um, has a domino effect on all aspects of their life. Absolutely. You're completely correct. What I'd say there as well in that Rochelle is what is perfect? How can you measure it? We, no. re- we, we assume there's such a thing called perfect, but there's not such a thing. Right, right. And I think that's something that's perceived in everyone's mind, their ideal of perfectionism or, or pe- you know, the perfect whatever yeah. it is. And there's nothing perfect. I mean, if it was, if we lived in a perfect world, we wouldn't have any problems, right? You know, I mean, there's, there's, it's, I think it's, a world that we have these challenges that come up upon us and, and the challenges are meant for us to grow and learn and be better the next time. And, but you know, that can put a lot of stress on people. And so let me, let me ask you guys now, um, you know, we just got through, you know, the holiday season and all that. And are there any specific times of the year that the addiction to stress increases? And I, and I know you guys got a lot to say about this. Oh, absolutely. It is, it's definitely around the holidays and, and there's an obvious reason for that. And it's also that the families who usually don't get along very well during the rest of the year are somewhat forced to come together. So it brings up all these issues or people who feel like they're being left out of the loop. So there's, there are many reasons the holidays can become a tremendous stressor to people. It's either that they are, um, overstimulated with, with many family members around them. Or they find themselves not being participating, not participating with family members, or they themselves withdraw for whatever reason uh, into something that is unhealthy, an addiction perhaps. Um, so the holidays bring about many things because the media really feeds uh, the the overall picture of what uh, a holiday should look like, and so we have these images imprinted upon us. That, uh, you know, the old white Christmas thing, Crosby, fire roaring in the fireplace, presents under a big tree. And, um, it, 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 it has become an image of someone else's perfect. Right. And what we need to realize is the person who created that image didn't have it either. Right. And so somehow we are being sold on this image every year and we try to feed ourselves we either we either uh end up um eating more to fill that void that we feel within mm-hmm. ourselves or we we try to do it in a superficial way by uh purchasing more of something clothing shoes right. uh the, the bigger gift um and of course we know the drinking and all that goes along with that so there are you know the holidays are just um very torturous for most people you know Alona you you said something that really um resonated with me you said that the ideal that people have in their mind when it comes to around the holiday season um is this this picture of a perfect holiday season and it's someone else's picture but what you said that was really, really striking a chord with me was the fact that this picture that we all have in our mind that, you know, really is someone else's picture perfect was not really how their life was. It's just a picture. It's someone else's yeah. picture. And, and, you know, I think that is just, um, it's thinking, it's striking several chords with me because it's like, oh my gosh. She's right. My picture of perfect for the holiday season is, you know, Miracle on 34th Street or, you know, the pictures that you see. What's that? Norman Rockwell. You know, those kind of pictures. And or when you're a little kid and you have this vision of, you know, Christmas from all the stuff you see. And and then you grow up and you try to recreate that, but it's not reality because it was just someone's vision. It wasn't even really real to them. And I think that really, really is is striking because um, it's not. It, real. 
reality. And we try to we try to make ourselves live up to something that's not real. You know, exactly. it's and, a self-perpetuated illusion. Exactly. Exactly. I didn't know how to put that in the context of the right words. Thank you, Alona, because it really is. It's an illusion. And we're trying to fulfill an illusion. And that's why we have so much depression during that time of the season and the feeling of being of let down. You know, you get all these gifts and all this stuff for people and then it's over with and you have this let down feeling because it was an illusion to begin with. And, 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 you know, for, for this time, this season, it, for, for all the different nations that are celebrating it as a celebration of light, we've forgotten that it is simply that, a celebration of light. It is when we come to the, the darkest part of the year, and uh, more of our ancient ancestors would, would want to do something to liven this dark, cold part of the year up, and we're looking forward to the lighter part of the year when the sun begins to return to us. But then as the um, as the centuries progressed, we fell away from those basic needs that the human needs that, um, you know, we were satisfied with uh, a good meal, a warm fire, uh, the clan or, or the family around us. And it's become something absolutely crazy and out of control because of the salesmen who have um, just... Um, overblown this whole idea of what this time of year should be and what it should look like, including the salesmen of the church. I agree 155%. I totally agree. Now, tell us now, does the, does the transcending into the new year, you know, with, um, you know, you're leaving the old behind and you're in this new year, it's like this fresh start you know allegedly or or whatever this this new fresh beginning you have a new slate so to speak to you know repath your pavement does that conjure up any you know feelings of stress for people or you know uh the addictive behavior towards this the stressful uh you know way of life with regards to welcoming or walking down the path of the new year Absolutely. We run into a completely different wall because that's when we start the dieting. That's when we start promising (laughs) ourselves that we're going to change all our behaviors that we continued from last year on. We're telling ourselves that um, we're going to clean that slate. We're going to begin anew. Um, And, you know, all those great sales are just luring us into the smaller sizes and, you know, wonderful things that are waiting for us around the corner. Once again, it's that fairy tale uh, that was created for us um, that we seem to want to pursue. The gyms make all the money. The, um, you know, this is this is a time for them. Uh, the new car deals that are coming out. It's really a time for them, and we need to bring that into perspective. What the reality of this season is about. Um, all these markers are artificial, uh, except for the part part of solstice, which is which is uh, an astronomical marker, um, uh, as well as the other ones, uh, which are the equinoxes and summer solstice as well. But we need to go back to understand, um, you know, each individual needs to go back a little bit to understand why we are doing what we're doing, why we're feeling the sadness, and basically how to get off of that hamster wheel. Uh, We have a herd mentality, and as a herd, we feel that we need to follow the rest. Um, I challenge anyone out there to, you know, be that be that sheep that walks away, you know, and 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 you'll see how much uh, your life will bloom after that. I I, I was stuck at, at the airport the other day. Um, my my flight uh, took off without me, and uh, they told me I would have to hang out at the airport for well over eight hours. Mm. Now I could have uh, completely panicked and fallen apart since I was already tired from a forty plus hour. Uh, flight, um, traveling, but instead I took advantage of my my new circumstances and I began speaking with many wonderful people that I met that day and had a nice leisurely lunch and dinner and and went to visit um, some of the um, airport highlights which they mm-hmm. had a museum there and and you know just just seeing the situation for what it is. My heart is beating, I'm breathing, everything is fine. Why would I want to panic in this situation? So that's challenge all our all our listeners um, to as well. Is there really is no panic? You don't have to follow the herd. 
You don't have to go into your own little drama. Break away from that, and you're going to find uh, a modicum of freedom, to be sure. Oh, I love that. That was, I, oh, my goodness, that was beautiful. I love, um, and I can totally relate to your story about being stuck in the airport. Mm-hmm. I love that because you took what could potentially, and I know you probably saw some of this in your travels, but what could potentially been a very stressful um situation that you absolutely have no control over and it could have just been a horrendous day you know you could have just focused on you know god darn it my flight you know and it just could have but what you did was you took it and said okay this maybe is my opportunity there's a reason why I probably shouldn't be on that plane at this that particular time so let me make the best of my time here I'm stuck here eight hours you know what the heck can I do well yeah I can go see parts of the airport I've never seen I don't have to rush through eating lunch to try and get on the plane so I can have indigestion later on the, you know, flight. I can have a, I can check out this restaurant that maybe I wanted to check out in times past for dinner. You know, you really took it and you turned it around and, and that, and then you got to talk and communicate with people that you may have never ever communicated with. There's a reason why, and I'm, I'm so spiritually connected, but there's a reason why God wanted you there at that airport at that particular time. And not on the plane. And you didn't stress out about it. You just went with the flow and it ended up being a beautiful experience. So I like that. It did. And, and, and it was so much fun because I met uh, a lovely mother and daughter from Scotland and Mm -hmm. I met a young woman who, who basically opened up to me and, and needed some guidance and, and I just saw some wonderful things. So, and that's, that's what it is about. It's, it's changing your perception. Just switching that perception just a little bit, and and everything changes along with that. I love that. Um, so, you know, I like to give the listeners um, things that they can, you know, grasp immediately. And I know that what we're talking about today is going to help someone or lots of people tremendously because they don't even have any expectation of what our conversation is about today. You know, they're just listening. Can you – Tell them or give give the listeners um, a cue. For instance, you know, taking that situation that could have been extremely ne- negative and just twisting it a little bit or changing your vibration or your thought process and making it positive. Can you give them one little spark or one little tip that they can do that will help them do this? Because I know people always say, oh, you just need to change from negative thinking to positive thinking. Well, yeah, that's easy said than done. But when you actually put it into context, some people have a difficult time with it. So can you just give the listeners like one or one thing that you did or one thing that you you tell your people, you know, your clients and people that you work with um, to help them just shift that paradigm? I'll turn this over to Jane. <laughs> okay, let's hear from you. Lorna's worn out from her storytelling. <laughs> Sorry, telling my stories. Um, first of all, I give a smile of my background. When I started out my career, I worked a lot in building sites. And I see a lot of people get frustrated when stuff will go wrong. They hit the finger of the hammer and all that sort of stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. But at an early stage in life, I realized that hitting the finger of the hammer isn't the end of the world. It isn't something to show me a roaring boat. So if I ever hit my finger with the hammer, which I didn't do too often, luckily, but I don't laugh about other things, I'd never show it in raw about it. I'd never say anything. Mm-hmm. And if you never say anything about it, it won't be, it won't be a sore. You won't have the, the fallout, we'll call it, from it, as in getting it black and blue and sore for a couple of days. If you just get back from it and accept that it's after happening, there's nothing you can do about it. It's way easier to deal with it. Because if you get upset and frustrated and kicking your head off the wall over it, it just makes it a hundred times worse. Right. So the same applies to everything else in life. If you can step back a small bit and don't go down the familiar road of, oh, I can't do a bit about this, I'm stuck, this is the way it always works. Just because it always works that way doesn't mean to say it has to work that way all the time. We're not in a convert belt. Right. We have free will, we can do whatever we want. You're not forced into anything in this life. Very rarely we're actually forced. We think we are. But there's no one forcing anyone into anything, really. Right. And, and if they are, they're, they're doing criminal offense if they are forcing into it. <laughs> you know? I like that. 
as as humans, we're not designed to be dominated by anyone. We are our own. We're the only creature really in, in this world that isn't supposed to be dominated. Right. As humans, we have to be in control at all times. So unfortunately, sometimes our control actually ends up coming against us because control might be having a temper tantrum or something. The child will have a temper tantrum to have control. So the people are pity for them or whatever. But unfortunately, as adults, we also have the temper tantrums because that's the way we dealt with things when we were young, so we deal with them all the way through life. But why not change it? Just step back from that. And I always figure, like, once you're alive, once you have two hands, two legs, two eyes, two ears, two everything, which most of us have, there's no problem in life. There's people way worse off than us. Like, there's half the world, world starving. There's three quarters of the world on the breadline. So what problems have we? We have no problem whatsoever. We are on the pig's back all the time. I don't think we have anything whatsoever to worry about. Right. So we shouldn't be stressed about anything, really. I like um I like how you put in the context about free will. Um, when we really step back and really take control of our destiny, it's when you step back and you realize that you have a choice. And no matter where you are, what situation you're in, whatever it is, you have a choice. So you have a choice to get out of it, you have a choice to continue, or you have you know, you have you have a choice to do something different. And I like that how James said just because something has always been or you think it or you perceive it to have always been this way, you have a choice to make that change. It's really up to us to make the changes in our life that are going to benefit us. And a lot of times what you you know you do well, let me backtrack. Some people tend to want to be the victim. But you have a choice because you have free will to not be a victim anymore. And our show today is about not being a victim to stress. You know, you no longer have to be a victim to that. You no longer have to allow that stress to take complete control over your life and set up, you know, illness and disease processes in you. So I like this is a really uh, different show because it's to me it's really deep it's really touching a lot of chords that I think people need to hear about in order to start the new year off right we're 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 not playing Mozart for you but we're definitely playing some classical some classical music from Ireland I don't know if that that if those two are yep. <laughs> we, we, we can play Mozart too, but we're um, holding back his marbles, unfortunately, because we have to stay away from the big words, <laughs> the technical stuff. I get to thinking about Ireland, you know, I have But at the end of the day, people have to realize... Yeah, I, I, have some Irish, I have some Irish in me, so I think about, you know, I, when I said Ireland and classical music, I'm thinking more of the Irish jig music that I used to hear when I was a kid. So you have a choice to listen to that, and that music is so vibrantly energetic and heart-uplifting, um, and this is what we're trying to do with this show today. So back to James and Alona. They're, they're, they have some wonderful things that they do, and I, and I didn't really go into giving you guys a proper introduction. So what I want to do now is just kind of shift it a little bit, and we'll come back to talking about stress. But I really want to shift it and, and, tell the, and let the audience know um, some of the things that you guys do with regards to the work that you do in the world. Who wants to tackle that? That's a difficult one because, <laughs> unfortunately, the English language lets us down a bit here. <laughs> there aren't enough words to cover what we do. So we have to set up um, use words that don't exactly cover it. Okay, well, let, let me let me go back then. I'll, I'll be a little bit more specific because I know you guys do some wonderful healing things. How about you do, you, you, you know, you told me about Shona. I think I'm pronouncing it right. Shona healing, yes, you got it. What Shona healing is. Well, first of all, Shona is just a, a word we made up out of combination of both our names. <coughs> and I think James Sheehan, DSH, and the Shona is for Sheehan. Mm-hmm. And the uh, individual is the individual's name, so that's Shona. I love it. 
would also show on his name an Irish girl's name is the name that Irish girls are called Shona. But it's also a word in the Irish language which is not pronounced Shona, it is pronounced Hana, which is the Irish for merry and happy. So we say Nulluk Hana, which means happy Christmas. Mm-hmm. So basically it's Nulluk Shona, it means happy Christmas basically. So that's why we use the word Shona. So we just have to come up with this. We have to come up with a new name because this is new. What we're doing is slightly new, so we come up with a different name. And basically, what we do, uh, we we heal in a way where we access a higher level of energy from the universe, and um, we do that by moving into an altered state of consciousness. And one of us moves into the appropriate energy field, and basically acts as a transmitter. You can perhaps liken this to hypnosis, but uh, one of us becomes hypnotized um, uh, for for the uh, for the assistance of a client. Uh, oftentimes, clients come to us and they're very nervous about going into that space, so one of us will do it, and we move into the space for them. We've uh, worked with many clients around the world, and we found this to be. Um, uh, the information to be accessible and accurate to over 95%. Um, we've helped many clients with varying degrees of needs. And um, in a nutshell, uh, we can move from there. That's what we do. So if someone, let me, okay, I'm going to, let me rephrase this of how I was thinking. If I came to you and I wanted some Shona healing and, um, I'm extremely stressed. You know, I'm, a, I'm what we call in Ayurveda, I have a vata imbalance. I'm extremely, mm-hmm. maybe vata pitta imbalance. I'm extremely stressed, anxious, worried. I, I just can't seem to, you know, I just can't seem to get off that hamster wheel, so to speak. And I want, mm-hmm. I want to work with you guys. I want you guys to help me with this. Is this something that you guys can do through the Shona healing by tapping into the, you know, the divine universe in, in the energetic realm? Absolutely. That is exactly what we do. Uh, if you were to come to us as a client, we'd be able to tap into your very unique needs. Uh, we give you tools that are custom made for you, basically, because it's not coming from us. Right. It's coming from the universal energy. Um, I don't know anything about the person who I may be working for. Uh, so um, there's no... There's no personal um, judgment, perhaps, if you want to call that, um, on my part right. as the person doing it. And um, oftentimes um, you can see us as a, as a mirror reflecting for the client, but the client doesn't have that fear base is taken, is removed from the client. So they're completely, you know, they're, they don't feel what is being stated is perhaps coming from their subconscious needs or desires it's completely um it's completely open to to the door is completely open and whatever comes out comes out and usually you know everyone who has come to us has felt very um satisfied with the tools that were given to them i love it because it's so in line with ayurveda i love 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 tapping into the wisdom of the divine universe or God or mm-hmm. divine or spirit, you know, whatever people want to call it. Um, but I love tapping into that and me being a Reiki practitioner as yeah. well with the energetic realm. It's, it's so powerful. But what I love what you said with about the uniqueness is in Ayurveda, we believe that every individual here on the planet is unique and yeah. we have a unique composition. So the work that you do, for a client in front of you that you have no idea about what their background is or anything. You don't even know these people. You do it uniquely specific to what they need because you're tapping into the divine universe. And the same thing with Ayurveda. When a client comes to me, I'm doing, I see their unique imbalance and I'm tapping into the universe and it's giving me guidance on how to help this person correct the unique imbalances specifically unique to them. So like you and James, I wouldn't treat alike, just like you wouldn't treat me and James alike or, you know. So I love the uniqueness because I think people forget that we are all unique individuals and we come to have these challenges in our life 
because of our uniqueness. And it is through the healing of people like me and you and James that we can help people to be better and, and, and feel better and do better in our world today. And, and I love that. And so I just want to bring it back to the stress because I wanted people to know what you guys do. Um, and how what you do is so powerfully healing to not just them, but to our world, to our planet. And so the reason that I wanted them to know is because we're talking about stress. And I want them to know that everyone in the world is stressed, but we all get there differently. We all travel there differently. And there's all unique uh, restorative balance that can be created or brought back to us by individuals like you and James. And so let's go into. Yeah. We, what. Beauty of what we do is we go into the source of stress, and I'm just going to send this over to James. So basically, what we would do is, <clears throat> as you said, like everyone is unique, mm-hmm. and there's no there's no two of us ever the same or would ever be the same. And people may not realize that <clears throat> there's millions of combinations that add up to a particular problem. You can't just go and give a flat rule, as in you do this, that heals that, finish next. It doesn't work like that. It might work occasionally, but generally speaking, there's millions of variables and there's a lot of them that we'll never know about. You know, they're just divine knowledge. We will never, ever know about them. But at our level, we can actually get the specific answers for the person so we can tell them what they have to do to change their life. So we'll find out what's stressing them. We can actually find out what's exactly stressing them and some people will be amazed what actually is causing the stress. It could be something simple. They might even the wrong care. Maybe because they to be stressed. Right. It could be anything. Or they could be three across the road distressing them. They could be anything in the way that the world causing the stress. <clears throat> so we can find out exactly what's causing the stress and what they have to do to stop being stressed. They might get some simple solution like go away and do Tai Chi or go away and do app or they could be taught to do anything. We, we give them, we give them tools. We don't actually, we don't, obviously none of us heal anyone. We all know this. We don't heal anyone. Right. The term we, use. we use the word healing, but we don't actually do it, obviously. Right, right, right. Give them some tools. We actually give them long-term tools. We don't just go and do a healing that's it, you're finished next. We, we give them tools that they can use the rest of their lives that are tailored for them. The tool will be actually for them. And if they follow what we tell them, their life will improve enormously. Some people don't follow it, obviously, because they have their own reasons for not following it. But we're lucky that divine knowledge knows exactly what's wrong with the person and they know exactly what remedy will work for the person right. in the person's circumstances. So obviously if someone is poor, like, they're not going to go in and tell them to buy expensive medicine, like, you know, they're going to tailor it exactly for the person, taking their needs into consideration. And like, we don't, we don't actually meet our clients. We don't ever have to meet them. All we need is their name. Just oh. their name. We can do just the name. Oh, see, see you now, listeners. You see out there how, how, how beautiful this show is because here I have two people. They're way in another country. We're communicating. Okay, the 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 beauty of modern technology is allowing us to do this, and then if you take it deeper on a universal technology, as James explained, I don't necessarily have to be in front of you to get the divine download of the tools that you may need to help you through James and Alona. They just need your name. Again, it's utilizing the technology that's available to us, whether it's, you know, here on earth or in the divine universe. It's it's just really a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so I want to let you guys out there know that there is help for you if you're suffering from any kind of stress-related problems or you feel overwhelmed, over overloaded, you know, stress to the max, um, there is help for you. And there's so many avenues and so many things available to you. And James and Alona just happens to be who's here to assist you with your needs today while you listen to this show. Tell us. Uh, see, we're in a new era. era. Yeah, go on, sorry. We're, we're in a new era at the moment when we have this technology. Yeah. This couldn't have happened 10 years ago. But this is the time we've been told by the divine powers that this is the time for us to shine, so to speak, to spread the light as fast as we possibly can. We have to spread it now where we have this technology. I believe I believe you to be 100 um, percent accurate with this, because even 10 years ago um, in 2000, 
Okay, maybe 2002. I'm going to say even in 2000 or when we were transitioning from 1999 to the millennium, it wasn't available. And and that was just 12 years ago. Okay, 13 years ago. Um, you know, you go back 10 years prior to that in 1990, you know, talking about this stuff to someone, they would have thought you were crazy. They would probably wanted to commit you because you're, you're, you're talking, you know, something they couldn't grasp. And if you go back to the 80s, okay, I'm dating myself, but if you go back to the 80s, you know, all of this was, you know, like, Star Trek stuff, right? You know, there were no comp- there were no computers, there were no cell phones, there were no there was no Skype, there was no no you know instant gratification with technology. You know, there was still there were still landline telephones, and you had to connect with the operator to get across a line to, across the you know the big pond, so to speak. So, if the timing is right and the information is, it's time for this information to to be disseminated upon you know, everyone here. And so just getting back to the topic with regards to stress, you know, if you, if, um, let, let me, let me go. What effect do you think the media has on stress? Cause we know technology has a lot of effect on stress, but what effect do you think the media has when it comes to, uh, stress? Well, the media is responsible for not that. I mean, there's different levels of media, but we go across the world, the report, the bad news. You don't ever report good news, really, well, not too often, because if there was a good news channel, no one would listen to it. But that's our, unfortunately, that's our makeup as humans. Right. We're addicted to misery. We're actually addicted to misery, unfortunately. I think we sort of, and I think with me personally, but I have to use the word we, we as humans, sort of like, I suppose, to see other people down a bit is misfortunate. The, I think if we think it puts us up a small bit, we see other people down. So we like to hear bad news. Right. Unfortunately, we like to hear it. And the media knows this, so they'll shove it on. They shove on the bad news and the other point about that is how much of it you can believe is very debatable. I'm not going to get into that debate, but the amount of news you can believe is... is I take a lot of news and pinch of salt, I put that with you. Right. I don't go deep down that road. But then you look the other end of the media, like where they're, they're reporting the latest fashion, you must have there's this must have this in fashion. This is trendy this year. This is not trendy that year. Right. But, you know, it's, it's nice to be fashionable and it's nice to be trendy to a certain extent. But at the end of the day, does it matter? Does it really matter whether you're on trend or off trend or behind trend or in front of trend or before us or whatever you are? <laughs> you're right. Day, if you're clothes, like, and you can afford clothes, I think you're not doing too bad. You know, that's the way I look at it. But unfortunately, right. if you walk down the street, my friends that I call they, the people that we don't know who they are, they'll be talking about you. But who are they? We have the clue who they are, but we're still afraid of them. Right. It's them that live down the street somewhere. So the media know that we're afraid of them, them that will be talking about us. So they'll push on that you have to have this new bit of clothes, you have to have this hairstyle, you have to have this new, you know, must have hairspray, must have shoes. Must have ridiculous 29 inch heels or whatever size heels you wear at the moment. <laughs> another, another 96 inch push. Know, <laughs> and, and like making work for the chiropractor, but that's okay too, he needs work as well. But, you know. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm like, oh, I have a shoe fetish and uh, I don't want James to see my closet. I don't have any yeah. 29 inch heels, but I definitely do have some 5 inch heels. <laughs> What, what like, are, are they comfortable? <laughs> that's right. That's, yeah. well, that's, that's the whole thing is I do not yeah. buy shoes. that I will not buy them if they're not comfortable. And if I do get them and they're not comfortable, I send them back. But I totally get what you're saying with regards to the media creating all this, these um, fairy tale pictures about what we should be, how we should look, how we should dress, how this, that everybody needs to be a size two. And, you know, if you're not a size two, then you're fat. Well, you know, just all this craziness that adds, you know, more baggage to us that bogs us down and we become stressed about it because we're trying to keep up with what we think is the norm. But if we step back, it's not. If we just step back and realize you're an individualized person and what's normal for you or what you like or whatever 
it doesn't matter what's going on in the world, just as long as you feel good about yourself and what you're doing and release all that baggage of how people think you're supposed to live and how you're supposed to be, you'll be so much better. And I agree totally with, you know, I don't want to be real negative on the media, but. Yeah, but yeah. one of the best things you can do is go on a media diet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a tremendous change in your life if you do one very simple thing. Choose, select one or two hours maximum of the programming that you want to watch. For me, I remove television out of my life completely. I don't have it. And and it just makes, I mean, I, I don't have blood pressure. I'm, I'm going to be, I'm closer to 50 than anything else. I'm not on any medications. I don't have blood pressure issues, nothing. I don't feel the pressure of Christmas. I don't believe in boxing gifts. If I want to give a gift, I will. If I don't, I don't. I don't let anybody pressure me from the outside or to tell me all the horrors that are going on in the world that I have no control over, that I cannot change. I can only change myself first, and I could change, perhaps make someone else's life a little better, the person who's sitting next to me. But beyond that, nobody has any control. Oh. So the most important thing you can do is get rid of the box. That is perfect. That is a, I I always use the word profound because it's the one that sticks out to me. But what you just said is a gold nugget. Listeners out there, I am 100, God, I'm saying a lot of 100% today, but I am 100% in sync with Alona with regards to, I don't really watch television because it's always doom and gloom. Um, If you catch me watching television, I am watching an old classic movie on Turner Classic Movie Channel or, you know, something like from the 40s. I want to say from the 20s after silent films to about the 50s. I love, love those movies. Um, You know, there's so much negativity on the television that it, it just becomes too much. And I could be in the house. Now, my husband watches a tremendous amount of news and all that kind of stuff. And I could just feel the vibration of all that negativity, you know, just, but he swirls in it and that makes him thrive. And it's like, okay, that's fine. I can't control you and I can't definitely control your choices, but I can for me. And in order for me to be better, I got to I can't have all that additional negative garbage infiltrating my mind, so to speak. So I choose not to. And in the, in the car, when I'm on, you know, listening to the radio, I, I can listen to talk radio and hear about the doom and gloom of the world that is just going to make me feel stressed because I have no control over it and I want to make a change for the better, but I can't. Um, so what I usually do is <clears throat> I'll play some jazz because I love jazz or I'll drive quietly, you know, because I, I can be mm-hmm. with my thoughts or, right. you know, or I put on like um, a very – uh, inspirational type of CD or something as I'm flowing. And it does a lot of things for me. I, I don't, you know, I'm not all stressed out about something I've heard on the radio so that I'm not getting in that road rage type of stuff and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I really just let things flow. I don't, you know, I'm not tailgating. I'm not stressed. It's how it is, where I am. I'm supposed to be where I'm supposed to be when I'm supposed to be. And that's just the way it is. And so I, I, I totally agree with you 100%. Listeners, if you don't do anything, do this. Limit your time that you watch TV and limit your time that you listen to talk radio or negative radio. Um, you will begin to see ch- changes in your life for the better almost immediately. It will clear your aura and clear your air and your vibrational energy will go up a notch. Um, gosh, I could talk to you guys forever, ever, ever. Okay. Are there, are there factors that affect ongoing day-to-day stress that the listeners should be aware about? Well, there's every set of factor really, right? If you're back to the media, me, media will suck your energy. Media will suck out your energy, like, you know, you've only so much energy in you, so much vibration or whatever you but the media will suck it out. Road rage will suck it out. <clears throat> so you playing your jazz will actually bring up your vibration, which gives you more energy. Mm-hmm. So, so there's basically like everything will deplete. Everything that you take notice of the stressful will deplete your energy, like even taking tablets. You know, we call them drugs from the pharmacy, not drugs as in have drugs. They will actually tire you. They actually make your body tired. You you could even get toxic overload from them. So they will cause you stress because you get tired. Your body gets tired. It can't cope. So it gets stressed. You actually get stressed from that. You get stressed from driving. If you take driving too serious, you know, you can drive down the road and you can see everything wrong. You can see everyone doing everything wrong on the road if you want. 
you're going to associate everything, everything right as well if you want. It's your perception. We have filters. The filter out. So if you're addicted to seeing the wrong thing, you'll see it everywhere you go. If you want to see negatives, you can find them anywhere you go. But I know you, Russia, don't see negatives anywhere because you're, you're addicted to the positive. Yes. And once you're positive, you'll only see positive. You can't see negative. It just won't happen. Because we have filters that filter out the thing that you don't want. Because your brain can only take in so many stimuli at the time. As magic and all the brain is, there's only so much you can take in. So it has to filter out the rubbish, so to speak. Right. We're bombarded with millions of stimuli every second. So we can't take them all. We can only focus on one at a time. So you can focus on the nice one or the bad one. It's up to yourself. You free will. You focus on something very bad or something very nice. It's irrelevant to your brain. Your brain doesn't care. Your, your subconscious mind doesn't care what you think about. It's your perfect servant. It's just there. Your subconscious mind can process um, 350 gigabytes every second of information. And you just think about that amount of information. You can process that much, but you can only focus on a tiny bit of it at any given time. Right. So focus on the nice bit. It's all the same to you. It doesn't matter what you focus on really, like, well, focus on the nice stuff. Like, as you're focusing your time, as you focus on the nice stuff, you know? Yeah. And way happier if you focus on the nice stuff. But your brain will filter out the negative if you focus on the positive. But if you focus on the negative, your brain will filter out, out, out the positive, unfortunately. Right. So basically, wherever your energy flows, builds, charges, and strengthens is where attention goes. As human beings, we all need to feel loved, wanted, cared for, appreciated, needed, cherished, and valued. Focus on those aspects instead. And then you will begin to attract that more into your into your field, into your life. I love that. And that's a perfect ending to our conversation today. That's perfect. I, I'm not going to even touch the message or anything because I want that to resonate with what you just said to people. Um, focus, whatever you focus on will <clears throat> manifest more in your life. So focus on positivity and you'll see more positivity. Um, James and Alona. How? Just before, yeah, go on, sorry, go on, keep going. Um, go on. Yeah, I, I, we we we're just coming up on time. I would love to expand more, but we just we're just coming up on time, and I want people to be able to reach out and touch you guys if that's necess- if they want to. So, how can someone get in contact with you or or you know find out more about you guys? Can you give us some information about how they can do that? Well, they just look up shawnahealing.com. Shona, S-H-O-N-A, healing.com. Okay, you guys. So. And we're also um, giving away two free sessions to people. We're having a competition, especially for your show, Rochelle. Uh-huh. Uh, so on our site, there's going to be an area for them to enter the competition. So. If someone will draw maybe in two weeks' time, because obviously the show is beyond the net for a while, or two weeks after this, we will we'll do a drawing, a draw. So a person will get a free reading for themselves and one for their friend. Oh, wow. A free reading for them and for their friend. That's um, cool. So we, we will have a section on our site, especially for, for them to enter our competition. And there's one other thing then that I didn't... Um, Totally expanded you, Rochelle, since you picture there not so long ago of a, a foal and, yes. a, and a dog. Yes. The, the foal, there's a long story attached to that foal, but he was a miracle that came from God to us. We weren't expecting him. He arrived one day. We didn't even know that the, the mayor was pregnant. He just arrived, which sounds crazy, but anyway, uh-huh. that's life. Uh-huh. This foal was sent to us for healing. He's actually for healing children more than anything else, but he heals people as well. So, anyone entering the competition will also send them out a picture, that picture of the fall, and we, we will actually challenge the universal energy ourselves as well. So, anyone that gets that picture should be able to feel energy coming off it. And this, as you know, Russia, this works. It's you know, a it's a beautiful picture too. It is just um, it's just beautiful. Me being an animal lover, um, I really it really resonated with me. Um, and yeah, I you, you got so let me let me just sum it up. 
Okay, you guys, if you want to more, know more about Alona and James, please go to ShonaHealing.com. That's S like Sam, H-O-N like Nancy, A, Healing.com. Uh, you can get more information about them. You can enter the, the beautiful contest that they're having. You will see this beautiful picture of this beautiful fold and this beautiful doggy. Oh, I just love it. Um, and the energy from the, the picture really does resonate. It's just beautiful, 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 beautiful. And because we're at the end of our time, I'm going to just thank Alona and James so much for bringing this beautiful, beautiful awareness uh, to us today. Thank you, James and Alona, all the way from Ireland. And you are Thank very you. welcome. I will definitely bring you guys back because we have a lot to talk about um, that we couldn't get in today's show. And then, of course, you guys, I'm going to say thank you for listening to the show. I'm Rochelle Lawson, the queen of feeling fabulous. And as always, I wish you peace to your mind, wellness to your body, and tranquility to your you can find out more about Rochelle on her website, Rochelle Lawson, R-O-C-H-E-L-E, Lawson, L-A-W-S-O-N, or at healthhealingwellness.com. Or just click on her websites from the webtalkradio.net page right in front of you. And, of course, you'll want to come right back here next week for another episode of Blissful Living. Thanks for joining us.